Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sit, boo-boo, sit, boo-boo, sit. Girl, I do That's a bad hat, Harry. It's a cool store. Get any of that? Not a doctor. Bye. Have a beautiful from you, Hello and welcome to Hunting Seasons, the podcast that dares to binge watch, deep dive and break down a season of television each and every episode. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Damask Leary. And today we'll be discussing Stranger Things Season 4. Damask Leary, how are you? I'm good. Um, I came back from a holiday recently. Yeah, and thanks for coming back and not yeah, just staying you're so away. Welcome. Look, it was really <laughs> tempting. Uh, and Angela asked me to marry uh, her, and I decided to say yes. Yeah. Generous like that. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you so much. We're both Beyonce's, not we to each other, are. obviously, but to our yeah. respective couples or partners. Mm hmm. It's very uh, sad. Getting married. Um, so tell everyone where should they uh, expect to get the invites and all our obviously all the <laughs> listeners get to come to the wedding, right? Yeah, of course they should check my Twitter, <laughs> which is a joke because I don't have that anymore. <laughs> um, look, none of you are invited. I'm so sorry, but uh, look out for photos. I guess <laughs> on Insta, are you on Insta still? You are on Insta. Yeah, but that's none of them can follow me. Oh, right, right, right. I was going to say, I saw the holiday photos and even the uh, post-engagement uh, photo. Mm-hmm. Oh, very nice. It looked like, oh, man, I just want to go on the holiday so bad. I'm sick of Melbourne's fucking dismal weather. I'm and sorry. also my football team being shit. Anyway, <laughs> let's get to our spoiler-free review of Stranger Things Season 4. Let me clue you in. Season in review. After three long years, we finally return to Hawkins and the Upside Down, only to find our heroes separated, powerless, and having aged just eight months, but somehow grown (laughs) two feet taller. Stranger Things, indeed. The Duffer Brothers are back once again as lead creators, writing and directing the bulk of this season's episodes, with some help from Nimrod Antal and Sean Levy. The expansive core cast also made their way back for this season, joined by newcomers Joseph Quinn, Grace Van Dyne, Jamie Campbell-Bower, Eduardo Franco, Mason Dye, Tom Wallachia, Nicola Jericho, and Freddy Krueger himself, Robert England. Season four of Stranger Things was released in two parts, with part one consisting of seven episodes and part two with two episodes, totaling nine eps that varied from one hour and four minutes in length up to two and a half <laughs> hours for the finale, taking us approximately 13 hours to watch. Mm. It has been confirmed that Stranger Things will return for a fifth and final season, which is expected to drop in 2024, though there have been discussions of a spin-off series to follow. So, Damask, before we get to our spoiler-free review of Stranger Things Season 4, could you please remind the listeners how you felt about the first three seasons of Stranger Things? Sure, I'll try to remember. Um, <laughs> so, Season 1, I loved. We watched that together, actually, when we were in a share house. We did. I'm going to say approximately 25 years ago. Um, so we- I, I think I think that was about the time you were really just living in my bedroom at that point. I it was less of a share was. house. Yeah. yeah. I, I was heartbroken. Um, 
I wasn't homeless. I was living with my brother at the time, but I just decided to go to Melbourne <laughs> and sleep in your bed for six months, mm-hmm. um, which I'm sure your housemates really appreciated. Well, they did uh, in the end. They, they adopted you after that. They did beg me to move in, so I won <laughs> them over eventually. It was um, like the first engagement, that one, wasn't it? You were proposed to. It's like, would you like to move in? And you said yes to that one too. It's I nice did. Thing. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we watched it together and loved it. It kind of came out of nowhere. was this beautiful surprise. Um, so that was wonderful. Season two came around quite quickly, um, if memory serves me, uh, which it usually doesn't. Yeah, it was it was because it was such a big hit. I think yeah. Netflix was like go 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 make more. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that was probably a mistake. As season two, um, I didn't love as much. I think there was it was rushed through, and there were echoes of that in it. Then season three came around. And I was like, I am back on board. Introduced um, some more characters. It was set in the mall, which I think was a nice, fun addition. I really, really liked season three. And I was like, okay, the show hasn't lost its magic. Uh, Very similar feelings. Loved season one, obviously. Um, It was was weirdly like the biggest hit of the summer. Somehow, I don't think that the... It was like of all the movies that were released around that time, sort of mm. middle of the year, nothing really took fire that year. Stranger Things is what everyone was talking about. As you said, season two came out relatively quickly. I think it was like Halloween the next year sort of thing. Mm. And I think the big problem season two had also is it felt like it was sort of repeating a lot of what season yeah. one was like. The Demi Dogs, just as like as the follow-up villains to the Demogorgon in season one was just mm. like, a, just did not hit at all. Um, there was all the crap with um, going to find some of the other uh, oh, test subjects. Oh, yeah. I block that the, out. The, yeah. the, the, the absolutely like no doubt about it. Worst episode of the show is in season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, it was a little bit worried about season three. Two years later, we finally got season three in 2019. It must've been, oh, it was over. That's right. It was over. Um, uh, Independence Day weekend or whatever it was in the States because it was sort of uh, the fireworks and stuff was in all the, the promotional posters and things. Um, and that was sort of before the world went to shit, which was nice. Um, and that was, as you said, a real return to form. And mm. the word we kept using, I'd actually forgotten maybe how much I enjoyed that season mm. I th- because the takeaway we both had was how much fun that season was. Yeah. It was a really fun season. It was a bit more focused um, the storylines of the characters were really well interweaved. Um, they they didn't split them up as much as they did in the season beforehand. The new characters like Robin and stuff we really liked. There was just heaps and heaps and heaps to like about season three. Uh, well, with all that in mind then, Damas, could you please give your spoiler-free review of Stranger Things season four? Sure. So we've spent years and years in the Stranger Things world now. Uh, And with that comes high expectations and also fears of disappointment because we know they can falter, uh, as we've spoken about with their season two. Uh, Thankfully, those fears weren't warranted this time around. We have an exciting mystery directly tied to one of our main characters, The stakes are high as a seemingly new and terrifying villain pursues one of the gang. And I think the villain this season is fantastic. Uh, You know, the race is on as the gang try to find solutions to what seems like impossible problems. A literal clock is ticking. Every episode, I was overwhelmingly excited to watch the characters get closer to the answers. Uh, Joyce and Murray, um, because 
I suppose in season two, the gang were really split up and they are split up in this season as well. Um, but I think for the most part, that splitting up does work for the story quite well. Uh, Joyce and Murray are paired for the grown-up portion of the show and while it might seem disconnected from the main plot, their chemistry was always enjoyable to me. I think it's one of those stories where I could have gotten easily frustrated and I wasn't. It never seemed to drag or feel like a distraction. I can't say the same for the wider group of Mike, Will and Jonathan, though. They're not in the action this season and we're really not left with much to care about, or I, I wasn't anyway. I couldn't help but wonder if the writers are slash were feeling a little uninspired by those three, because as a viewer, I am at this point, particularly Mike and Jonathan. This season, though, was good. I don't think I've been this invested in the story since season one. Um, I think giving the Duffer brothers enough time to construct a solid story has certainly paid off this time around. I don't care if I don't see another chapter for a couple of years. If it's to this standard, I'm happy to wait. They've proven themselves time and time again. I really, really liked this season. Very nice. I think I probably have very similar feelings to you with some uh, disagreements. I thought it was a very, very strong season and a strong reminder of why this show is as popular as it is. Uh, it was great to get to, back to these characters who I mostly really like. Um yeah, it's funny you said that the different pairings and groups and stuff like that, and there are the Mike and uh, Will and what's the other guy's name? I always Jonathan. forget. Jonathan. Yeah, and easily forgettable. Do mm-hmm. get sort of pushed to the side. Certainly wasn't too worried or wasn't as concerned with them as I was others. But like, um, I loved seeing Robert and Steve again. Loved seeing Dustin again. Mm-hmm. I thought Max. I really, really got to like. And yeah. and funny, listening back to our Season 3 review, apparently I felt the same way about Max in Season 3 as well. But even more so, she feels like a... She felt like a main character this season mm. um, compared to maybe previous seasons. They've When her and Billy were first introduced in Season 2, I think her concern was like, what are they going to do with these characters? And yeah. they've really got to a great place with Max in this season, which is great. Um, I'm going to disagree with you about the Russia stuff, though. Okay. The stuff with Joyce... And Murray, not that I disagree with their chemistry necessarily, Mm. more that I did find how disconnected it was from what was happening with the main plot, kind of like, boy, I don't actually really want to be here that much. Right. Um, I I don't disagree that it was disconnected. I absolutely acknowledge that. But I think while I was there, I was like, I'm invested in finding a solution to this current problem they're facing. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily an execution problem. It probably just comes down to a sheer, like, when this thing is happening over Mm -hmm. here Mm -hmm. and this other thing's happening over here that just does not feel nearly as big stakes, Mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to... I just kept being like, boy, we're spending a lot of time here today. Really want to get back to that main (laughs) thing that seems really important right this second. Mm. Um, And they do try and weave it together towards the end of the season and, like, barely, barely pull those two threads together, I don't think. But anyway, um, nitpick, really. Um, The new characters, too, I think, um, were pretty good this season as well. I was really invested. Mm. Um, There's one character, I don't think it's a spoiler to mention that Eddie comes yeah. into play in the first episode in particular. Um, and he becomes uh, pretty involved in this season and really, really liked his inclusion as well. I do think the cast is overstuffed at this yes, point. Yes, it is. Yeah. They keep adding characters and... I'm like, could- are you adding characters because you don't know what to write for Jonathan and Mike? 
and sometimes and will as well. I'm like, that maybe they're they're not interesting, and, yeah. and so let's go over here. Yeah, yeah. I kind of think that they they because the new characters like Robin last season is like one of my favorite characters in the entire show. Mm. Max has become one of my favorite characters. They find things to do with them because maybe they're just built with a little bit more depth, a little bit more. Uh, I don't know, character to them, I guess. Mm. And so they're easy to cling on to. Um, but yeah, they've got too many and they need to thin the herd. <laughs> What's going on, guys? Um, I thought I agree with you that the villain this season is really great. It's the best monster they've had probably since season one, realistically. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly better than season two. And I, I don't know why, as much as I love season three, I struggle to remem- remember the impact of that season's monster, the Mind Flayer. Mm. Um but I'm looking forward to talking more about the villain um, because it's a bit more involved maybe than previous seasons have been, mm. um, which is uh, – which is there's a lot to talk about there, I think. Um, this season also takes a deep dive into the lore of this show mm-hmm. and aims to sort of tie all the previous seasons and this one together in a way the show – Maybe he's been tiptoeing around or maybe never really intended to do when it first set out with these stories and these characters. And I think it comes with some good and some bad, which I'm looking forward to talking hmm. about in um, the spoiler section as well. Uh, yeah, as I already said, I would have been happy to probably not have one storyline this season. Um, I also think this season has some pacing issues. Um there are maybe just a few dozen too many heart-to-heart conversations. Um, I appreciate the work they're doing. Like, we often complain about, you know, if you don't make me care about these characters, why am I meant to care about this story? And I, I got there. They just... It's kind of like they were triple-checking their work. And it's like, you probably overdid it a little bit. It's like, you could have cut some stuff and this would have been helpful. There's also some narrative devices and some song usage, which is really effective at particular times, and then mm-hmm. gets redone a couple of times. It's like it gets it's sort of like diminishing returns every time you try and do the same thing two or three times. Um, the episode lengths are out of control and totally unnecessary. Disgrace. Pa- <laughs> particularly the finale could have easily the, been but, yeah. half an hour shorter, if not more. That epilogue was um, started halfway through the episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it could have just been a separate episode, yeah. honestly. Like, split that last episode, have a 10-episode season. It didn't have to be. I don't know why it was two and a half hours the way it was. Um, it just, it was a badly paced movie, if that makes sense. I'm, like, no, well, it's either that. If two and a half hours, the you would say, it's movie length, right? Mm. It's more than, it's fucking epic movie length at that point. And it's a badly paced epic Movie, if that makes sense, mm. um, and we'll talk more about that as well. But my 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 one note for the Duffer Brothers going forward is just learn to kill your babies, guys. It's like su- not everything you do needs to make it to the screen. Do you mean kill your darlings? No, I mean kill your babies, which is a much more grotesque way of saying the same thing. It really thing. is. It really is. <laughs> but yes, kill your darlings. Learn to mm. learn to the stuff that you hold precious and love. Not all of it is needed. Um, uh, so, yeah, a little bit of an edit next season will be helpful. That all being said, I really, really like this season. It's a very, very strong season. We can officially say there are more good seasons of Stranger Things than bad seasons, mm-hmm. and I highly, highly anticipate the fifth and final season because I also think this season is kind of like a ramp up into a finale. Absolutely. It's like there's a lot of, a lot of groundwork being put down so the finale doesn't have to do all that work and can kind of just sing on its own, hopefully. Um, and finally... Just a little PS at the end here. Splitting the season up 
and releasing the episodes in two chunks was a great move. Mm-hmm. It's lovely to see that Netflix is at least somewhat listening to what I'm saying. Because we've been talking for a while <laughs> now about specifically. How- yeah, me specifically. Mm-hmm. I, and I called out Stranger Things specifically. I remember when season three came out, we talked about how it sort of just came and went. And people weren't necessarily talking about it. Even though it was a season that we loved, mm. it just wasn't garnering a lot of like... Because it sort of just is there. It's all there. Everyone watches at their own pace. Yeah. It's hard to discuss it. It's hard to to anticipate anything because it's, it's just all there. Um, yeah. And that like the way that Disney had been doing the episodic week by week thing with WandaVision and Loki and like old TV used to do was working a treat. They should do the same for Stranger Things. They didn't do it week by week. But by releasing in two parts and saving two episodes till a month later, the discussion around this show was mm. huge. It was yeah. an event. Like, where do you think it's going? How do you think it's going to end exactly. that discussion? Uh, exactly. I was having with like colleagues and friends and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I anticipate that will become something that is Netflix do a little bit more often. Mm-hmm. Um, it also, if they're really smart about it, makes people have to subscribe for more than one month at a time when a show comes out. Like, Smart. makes it last two months instead, yeah. if you put it over two months. It's not rocket science, guys. It's, you double your money. Come on, guys. Uh, out of... How would you uh, score this season of Strange Things out of five? And how would you rank it among the previous seasons? Um, I was... Yeah, okay. So, I was playing around with... Because season three, I gave a four. You did. And I, I tried to listen to our season one podcast, but I don't know when we rated things in the old format. Yeah, so I was like, it's, I don't know where to, to look. Find. I'm pretty sure we rated a 4.5. I think we discussed it in the season three episode that we rated a 4.5. And okay, season two, we rated a 3.5. So even though we weren't hot on it, yeah. there was still enough quality there, I think, that we liked yeah. it. Okay, that's good to know because my original rating that I wrote for this season was 4.5. Then I was like, if for me, my enjoyment was pretty similar to my enjoyment of... Um, season one so maybe i gave season one a five so maybe it should be five but the fact that it was 4.5 that makes a lot of sense i'm yeah it's a 4.5 for me this season gotcha. uh, and season two is the worst obviously so ranking it's season one yep um just for it, it coming to existence seemingly in a magical way um then probably season three i mean season four i think i like these season more maybe slightly than season three mm-hmm. so it goes one Four, three, two. Gotcha. Yep. Um, I'm going to give this season four out of five. Very hot on it, but not quite as hot as you. You could mm-hmm. tell from my review that I've, I've got some critiques. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to order it. And that's on par with season three, though, in terms of scoring. But ranking-wise, I'm going to go season one, mm-hmm. season three, mm-hmm. season four, daylight, <laughs> season two. Um, yep. I think that the quality of those, season one, three, and four, is... Fairly vastly superior to season two. Yeah. That not, I actually don't mean that season two was a bad season. I think if I went back, I think I'd like it probably plenty. Yeah. Um, but those other three, I think, are, are really good. And this is, yeah, it's a, it's a very, very good season. Happily give it four out of five. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Before we run up that hill into spoilers, we'd like to ask everyone who enjoys the show to please review us on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify. Nothing helps the show to grow more than by throwing five stars or a glowing review our way. And to sweeten the deal, if we reach 25 written reviews, we will finally review Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 1. We'd also love you to share hunting seasons with anyone in your life that obsessively wants to talk to you about the latest show they've watched. Shove this in their face and it'll make them super happy. Next week, we'll be back with our review of Hacks Season 2. If you'd like to contribute to our discussion of Hacks, if you have any thoughts on Stranger Things, you can write to us or send us an audio recording that we may include on a future episode to contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com or find us on Twitter at HuntingSCast. But right now, let's talk spoilers for Stranger Things Season 4. Deep Dive. It's cool to know other people think about this stuff too. Um, I want to start with a couple of quick little things mm-hmm. to mention. Just okay. some, just some um, highlights and sort of lowlights for oh, me. Okay, maybe yep, yep, an yep. example of where this show is like really getting me in a couple of places where it loses me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the first one being, let's just talk about the ending of episode four, oh. which realistically might be one of the best moments of television. I've watched it for as long as I can remember. Probably, like, I'm thinking back to, like, um, Game of Thrones-esque, like, endings and stuff like that, or big moments. Like Red Weddings nines. and yeah. stuff like Episode 9 stuff, right? Yeah. That ending of Episode 4, the running up that hill, Max with Vecna, mm-hmm. having to escape, mm. was so fucking well executed. <sighs> i got to say, because I watched... Um, part one of this season when it came out. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, like, you know, two or three episodes after work, as much as I could fit in after work before I had to go to bed and watching it. Um, so I'd watch it quite a while ago. And so for this review, I wanted to just refresh on a couple of moments that stuck out to me. And, of course, I immediately started off with the end of episode four and can I say, just crying, <laughs> like without even the build up, just the execution of that sequence. Um, and obviously the song choice does amazing things for eliciting like strong emotions. Um, it's really, I could cry thinking about it. It's just so heart wrenching. And so that is on the rewatch in the first time I was watching it, um, Angela and I were watching that episode together and sometimes Angela falls asleep and I oh. I always pause shows when we're watching them together when she falls asleep. I didn't pause this one because I was just like so amped up by the episode itself and I'm so excited. And then that scene was playing, um, playing out. And I just like was sat up and I was just like, run, run. I was just so invested and so desperate for Max to survive, but legitimately 
didn't feel a guarantee that she would. Yeah. And that's what makes it work so well. So many shows, you know, they they like to pretend that there are stakes, but you never really feel them. Um, I really felt them with this season. And I think part of that's because the villain is so scary and we've mm-hmm. seen um, and it's such a violent and awful death. That mixed with yep. that episode, we revisit so much of Max's past trauma and the mm-hmm. sadness that she holds in her. Just, I um, think since the start of the season, I think mm. it was like the, the build up to that moment didn't just happen in that episode. I think basically since we returned yeah. to her from episode one of this season, it had been... A, it just made me like her. And then to get to that mm-hmm. moment and make me realize I fucking really care about the outcome of this moment mm-hmm. for you yeah. was so well executed over four episodes. Sorry, go on. Yeah, you just... She's been through so much and there is such a sense of this is a tragic tale that this poor um, young girl has been through so much and survived so much, um, but the toll of it is really clear. It's really apparent to us as the viewers and those that care about her as well. Um, that she's she's there, but she's not there, um, mm. which I think Lucas pretty much states that to her. And so to think, you know, as that song is playing, to think that this is going to be her end is so heartbreaking, but narratively makes a lot of sense. So you're like, it's going to mm-hmm. be satisfying mm-hmm. emotionally if she does leave, but oh my gosh, I'm going to be devastated if that happens. Um so, yeah, to then obviously she survives and to have the boys around her hugging her. Such yeah. a relief, like, to let out that kind of gasp of air as you that watch. That final shot is, well, yeah, her, her rising up above sort of Billy's grave is just mm. a beautiful shot. The boys mm. are screaming up to her and watching. And then that the close-ups of her with the eyes. And, and as you said, more terrifying because we've also seen what Vecna has done to yes. two other people already. And you're like, oh, fuck, when this starts happening, they're, they're fucked. It's like, you remember what happened to Chrissy? You remember ha- what happened to the other guy, mm-hmm. Nancy's mate or whatever? And like, this goes so poorly and it's so violent. It's the last thing you want to see happen to, yes. to a character you care about as well. And then it's just so well shot. The music, obviously, it's a lot of manipulation, but it's like- yeah. Manipulation works when it works. It works yeah. for a reason, right? The, the music That's choices. That's the beauty of storytelling when you're yeah. manipulated successfully. Yeah. Exactly. The the flashes of like her remembering her friends. <laughs> the power of love, man. <laughs> the power of friendship. It's still not enough. She's got to run. Vecna's mm-hmm. dropping the things. Um, the cut to black Oh my god! was the best troll of all, though. <laughs> it really was. Where you're like, oh, they're going to fucking... Because so often shows would do this. It's like you have to wait till the next episode to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, to just hold that black for like five seconds before they let you know that she's okay. And then mm-hmm. they're just instant relief. And then that shot against like the the setting sun, the silhouettes of them all like hugging her and her saying, I'm still here with Lucas. And then, the, and then just going to like the piano version of running out that hill of the credits like, Oh man, it's successful. And I'm like you. I'm just thinking about. It. I'm like welling up a little bit. Yeah. And it's not often. I don't think these days that like the, I don't think Stranger Things ever made me cry before. But mm. you just get so wrapped up in the 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 uh, yeah the the manipulation, I guess. But like the the way it's constructed and executed mm. emotionally, it's like how do you not feel it? And so I've rewatched that scene. Uh, many times now <laughs> and I've enjoyed watching like even reaction videos of people watching it for the first time and stuff because mm. it's fun to experience that, that moment with other people mm. um, 
uh, and just see them having the same experience you did. I really yeah. enjoy that sort of stuff sometimes. Um, I mean, the the reaction like economy is fucked on YouTube, but for things like this and or like the red wedding and stuff like that, red wedding reaction, um, the Korosami. Korosami is one of my all time really favorites. Good one. Yeah, oh, I feel yeah, like they're the only two reaction vids I've watched. Actually. But this, so this 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 moment is like up there with yeah. those sorts of things, like the mountain killing Oberon. Um, and then, yeah, and Kurosami and probably this from a TV moment. And that's mm. like, if nothing else from this season or this show, to have a moment like that that you've crafted and created um, is pretty cool. Pretty, pretty, pretty cool. I can't tell if I've got goosebumps because I'm cold or because no. I'm just remembering the scene. It might I, be a combo of the two. <laughs> it's definitely me remembering the scene because I'm in a similar yeah. place. Like, it's just, it's perfection. And it was funny because I was waiting for this moment because I was behind and mm. everyone was talking about how everyone's listening to Kate Bush again. Kate Bush yeah. is the running out that hill is number one. I'm like, <laughs> and they play running out that hill in an early part because Max has got on the headphones and stuff like mm. that. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Um and also that song has come up in TV shows we've watched quite a bit. It was in Glow. I think right, it might yeah. have been in another show we've watched a couple of days, maybe Killing Eve or something like that. But it's like it's a song that's repeated a few times mm. um, in stuff we've watched for hunting seasons. Um, and so I was like, I was waiting for this moment. And then I was like, and you're like, oh, there's going to be a thing. It's going to be mm-hmm. cool. And then it was like, oh, yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. I get, yeah. I get why everyone's mm. uh, listening to that song on loop. Anyway... What's funny to me, I guess, is like that moment's like a highlight. Um, uh, Sean Levy directed the episode to perfection. Next episode, we've got Max drawing pictures of what she remembers and then Nancy going, hold on a second. I'm going to fold these up and put them together and show you the house that you're the Vecna house. The- I mean, it's not the first time they've done that. No, that's what I mean, though. <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's like, oh, we couldn't go one season without doing that thing, which worked great in season yeah. one and the then stopped working, yeah. stopped working in season two. And why are we still trying to, why are we still doing this, guys? Um, Maybe it'll work this time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just, it was like they felt like it needed to be in there because that's what strange things do. And that comes to my kind of point in general. The criticism I have, I guess, with the show a little bit is when it feels like it needs to repeat things it's already done. So, number one is like they're always trying to top the Joyce doing the fairy lights, Christmas lights bit to, mm-hmm. to communicate with Will. Um, in season two, Will was scribbling these things, which somehow Joyce figured out, like showed the underground tunnels under Hawkins. And then in this season, it's the thing with Max, then put it together and it's the house or whatever. Mm. But then it's things in even within the season where like, we had to do another running up that hill scene in the finale. Mm. I'm like, surely you realize once you've kind of hit that once, it's not ever going to be as effective the second time around. Could we have just chosen a different song? Um, or the they keep doing the flashbacks thing where Max is like, remember, or someone is remembering mm-hmm. shots from earlier seasons. And it's like, by, by the time you're doing that the third time, especially when it was so effective the first time in that end of episode four, it just starts to like you're, you, you, you're, it's losing power by doing it on repeat. And I felt like that, I, I felt like it was one of those things like you just cut some stuff, rearrange some things, try it a different way. And it might've just stuck the landing a little bit better for me. Mm. I think. I do um, think what, I guess what bothered me about, Oh no, I, it was a different moment. Um, I didn't mind the flashback thing of when Elle was 
telling Max that she wasn't going anywhere because, you know me, I'm like, female friendship coming through. Um, So I did enjoy that. Um, Okay, I want to talk about a moment that doesn't, that really didn't work for me. If, sure. If that's that's the train we're on. Yep. Um, so we're in the finale. <sighs> you know, things are looking real bleak for everyone. And mm-hmm. it is the, <sighs> Mike, you are the heart. And it's like the big climax um, of the piece. And I just wanted Mike not to be a part of it. <laughs> I was like, one, I don't believe that he's the heart. That didn't ring true to me at all. Um, and I don't think the show has been telling that story. And so to tell me that that's what they've been doing, it felt disingenuous. Um, and I I feel like at this point, I have more of a connection with the relationship between Elle and Max, mostly because of the flashbacks they show from season three over and over again, um, than I do Mike and Elle. I don't need Mike to tell Elle that he loves her in order for her to be like, yes, I am superwoman like get out of here yeah i'm not interested in it that relationship looks pretty shit to me um mike's really punching up you know what i mean like it's just that's that's the part of the storyline i kind of like though is like mike's insecurity around 11 is that like you kind of do you only are we only together because we i was the one who found you in the fucking forest and the answer is yes because the answer is yes <laughs> the answer it's is like, yes it doesn't actually make any sense to be together anymore the, no. and it is the show trying to like find a way to justify mike still being in this show and being attached yeah. to 11 and i might feel a little bit better about the mike and 11 stuff if i had watched this season maybe closer to watching season one, but it's been like mm. five, six years since that happened. Yeah. Everybody's five or six years older and basically different people at this point. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's just, it's just hard to still feel the, whatever that was. Yeah. Especially think- now they're teenagers or basically adults. It's like, yeah, yeah guys break up. It's, yeah. <laughs> you can move on, Mike. I feel so disconnected from Mike because he, He's been so wrapped up with Elle and that relationship that everything else is kind of, in terms of his relationships with others, have fallen by the wayside. Yeah. And maybe I would have been able to reconnect with him if when he's with Will traveling around, that that time had been spent focusing on reestablishing that for me as opposed to him just talking about Elle the whole time. I don't know I just like I want to care about Mike, but I really, really don't. It's tricky because I th- I don't think the show's unaware of this stuff. Yeah. Like I think it actually is. I think it's deliberately like since season one and two tried to like push other characters to the forefront ahead of Mike. Like mm-hmm. Lucas has been a lot more in, uh, important this season, for instance, yeah. and Max. Dustin really rose up through the ranks in the last yeah. couple of seasons as well. Steve has become a fan favorite. Robin, mm-hmm. um, they've all sort of taken Mike's spot because Mike was kind of the main character of season one and they've mm-hmm. wanted to share it around. Um, Will, they've never really figured out what to do with Will since he was the kid that just went missing in season one. Mm-hmm. They've never really quite figured out how to include him. Um, and this all season is like Mike doesn't realise how he sort of fucked up the friendship between him and Will. Mm. Meanwhile, Will's in love with Mike and only Jonathan seems to be the person to see that, understand it. When Mike's talking, when Will's talking about Mike being the heart, 
He's not talking about Mike at 11. He's talking about Mike and him and his friendship. I also just don't understand why Will likes Mike. (laughs) You know, it really sucks that they've aged. (laughs) Because (laughs) if they were only... It's only like something like a year, 18 months since the first first, uh, season or something like that. Mm. Maybe two years. If they were still sort of the right ages, it might feel authentic. Mm. That they're sort of stuck in that age where you really, really get stuck on those people. But yeah. they, they're all fucking 20, it seems like now. <laughs> and they should be moving on with their lives. Yeah. Um, it's like, well, you're about so to go up. to college. I'm sure you can <laughs> exactly. meet a nice man there. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. It's so it's bizarre that this season is eight months after season three. <laughs> it just feels so wrong because they're already too old in season three. Mm. And um, there's talk that the next season is going to be a time skip. I'm like, yeah, they're... There has to be, otherwise it needs to happen. Yeah. Otherwise, they're going to have fucking crow's feet and wrinkles, guys. <laughs> like, can't keep pretending. Yeah. Eleven that, gets her first that, period. That haircut yeah. is going to be working on Will um, <laughs> <laughs> when he's in his. He's going to look like a pervert. Yeah, so like, who's that guy at the playground? Mm. Um, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, to come back a little bit to execution problems I had or pacing mm. issues. Um. You were talking about the finale, the bit with Mike and and you're the heart or whatever. Mm. Maybe I'm just a real nitpicking piece of shit, right? I've but always it said it. Did frustrate me. It's my nickname in high school. My <laughs> what it did frustrate me a lot when Steve and Nancy and Robin go into the upside down. They're creeping up the stairs to get Vecna, mm-hmm. and they get snagged by a bunch of vines. Oh my god, they're going to get strangled. It takes 31 minutes for them to be released from that, from what is meant to be yeah. like grave danger. Mm-hmm. 31 full minutes later, that finally, that like cliffhanger moment is finally resolved. And it's like, it's just a massive basic problem that this episode has. You do forget about it. You're like, oh, that's right. They're no, dying. that's the thing. I wasn't, because I was like, oh, Steve and Robin are like my favorite characters in the show. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is happening to Steve and Robin? <laughs> oh, they're still just choking? Okay. These are very ineffective vines if they're not dead yet. Mm-hmm. Especially when another episode ends with Steve like being captured by those vines and going to be killed. Mm. And it's a cliffhanger ending into the next episode where Nancy has to save his life just before he's killed. It would have been like 30 seconds of being strangled. We get 31 minutes. But it, similarly, like talking about killing your darlings, babies, whatever you want to call them. When Eleven has to enter Max's mind, mm-hmm. did we really need the scene of Eleven finding her as a kid skateboarding in the fucking... Mm. Whatever she was like, that was a nothing. That was a nothing, right? It didn't I thought add- that was going to be something and then it, yeah. it wasn't. Yeah. No, I was, agree with that. It was nothing. I was like, yeah. another, it was just another example to me of like, why are we here? Mm. There is so much to do and so, way too much time you've given yourself to do it. Cut, cut it. Cut it. We don't need it. Mm-hmm. Um, all that being said, though, a strong season. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't... It's, it's funny. I don't... I see what you're saying about the pacing and stuff. Particularly um, the finale. The finale really gone... Like, it, it went from being a 4.5 to a 4 at the finale to me. Yeah. But sorry. Okay. Go on. Um, I do understand it, but I think I was so emotionally invested at that point that sure. I didn't notice the time ticking over. I, I really didn't. Um. Yeah, the them being strangled for thirty one minutes is hilarious. But yeah, it, it honestly it didn't bother me because I was just on the edge of my seat. Um, let's talk about that villain. Let's. Um, Vecna slash Henry slash one. 
Um, first of all, just introducing him as Vecna. I like that they don't, they didn't just immediately go, oh, this is the big, big bad guy who's been controlling it all. They were mm. like, no, the Mind Flayer is still the big bad guy. This is just his foot soldier. Yeah. And he's sort of Freddy Kruegering us all. Um, actually, something in general I like about the show is that the kids are generally pretty smart. There's a couple of dumb things that happen in the finale, but mm-hmm. generally they're practical, they're careful, they're smart, they assess the situation well, and it's nice to not feel like... Sometimes you get frustrated in, in horror-type things that people are just being dumbasses, and they're mm-hmm. very proactive and good at planning and all those sorts of things, I think, um, yeah, which that, makes it really easy to like them. It's that balance of um, don't be too dumb, but also don't figure out things unorganically. And exactly. I think this show does that really well of um, following along a, a, as I was re-watching some of the episodes and the moment where Steve... Dustin and is it Lucas? No, it, I think it's the little sister. Anyway, um, they're, they're just kind of talking about their theories and stuff. Yeah. And when you know how it ends, they're, they're way off, but all of their conclusions make a lot of sense. You totally understand why they think that. And it just takes them on that next step to get a little bit closer to the actual truth. Um, so it, it is a fun little mystery that is unraveling and it's really well executed. Uh, and we spend a lot of time, really a huge portion of time is sort of going back and finding out how Vecna is connected to Eleven and Eleven's sort of origins. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you find all that stuff? I hate Papa. I just <laughs> wanted her to like crunch his skull. Like every time we were in that you know, underground bunker, um, all that stuff, I just like that, I guess that storyline was the one for me that was like come on come on Mm -hmm. i was getting a little because i just wanted that final um superwoman moment i wanted her to get her powers back um and just kill some baddies including papa that was the bit that dragged a little bit for me but that was just me being impatient that i'm not saying it was um i think it was intentional on their part to make you really want it um in terms of mining Eleven's past, I did enjoy going back and reliving her past. I I was fascinated to see that story unfold. Did you you find, like, the explanation for uh, Vecna, for Eleven, for, like, she'd sort of believed that she had killed all these, Mm. you know, been had these violent acts in the past – um, was really more tied to Henry or Vecna or whatever you want to call him. But, like, that she opened up or maybe created the Upside Down. It's kind of hard to mm. pinpoint. That's that's actually an element of the law that I'm still not sure about. The whole idea that, that the Hawkins that they go to in the Upside Down all kind of exists at the moment that Will went missing is what mm. Nancy was saying. It's like the last diary entry in my diary is, like, the day that Will went missing. Mm. is, like, the bit I'm still not wrapping my head around, like, what? so how did Hawkins bleed into the Upside Down? Did the Upside Down exist before? What's the go here? Um, But, yeah. Yeah, I guess, like, I don't really understand that law either. Um, I don't really get stuck down in the mud of that stuff, though, generally. Um, If it works and I'm not actively thinking in the moment, wait, what? Then Mm. I don't really think about it beyond that. Um, I mean, I guess my assumption while watching it was that the Upside Down has always existed 
as like a, another dimension. Um, and that moment of Eleven um, sending Henry or One there bridged it and fused them together in some way so that the echoes of the world that was pushing through are still there. But beyond that, I don't really think that much about it and it doesn't break the story for me. Do you, do you like the idea that basically the bad guy that has existed throughout of this, throughout the entire show has always been connected to Eleven so deeply and that the, the, the main bad guy really is just bad Eleven? Does that, is that, fulfilling is that interesting it's it's very um very comic booky you know yeah, it is fulfilling for me um it's i mean i'd have to go back and be like does it actually work because there, haven't are, there that- are some holes potentially yeah, but no, no, nothing major yeah i haven't digged that deeply into it it does work for me um i think it makes a whole lot of sense the kind of convergence of will going missing 11 appearing um it's all kind of huddled around that moment of um, smashing one through that portal. Um, yeah, it, it does work for me. And it it is satisfying, I think, more than perhaps it being random. I know, I like the link, I do. It was something we talked about in a previous seasons, how the villains had never been particularly personal or even personified that much. They were yeah. kind of just like... The Demogorgon and the Demodogs were just beasts, essentially. The mm. Mind Flayer had a little bit more going on and was de- def- definitely after Eleven, and we find out it's mm. because it was actually um, Vecna that was behind all the entire time. Um, but it th- had never been particularly well-defined, which I I sort of liked. I, I'm still of the belief that I, I kind of... There's an alternate version of the show where they didn't just keep going back to the upside down and having a new monster from the upside down every mm. season. That it was more of like other strange things would happen. There was a there were more there was more variety in sort of what was going on. But even this season, we, we're back to demigorgons and demi dogs and stuff like that. Especially with mm. the stuff in Russia, we keep going back to that idea. Um, but if this is where you want to go with it, you want to make this epic storyline. It's like it's it's starting to turn into Star Wars a little bit. Um, All right, let's not be too mean about well, it. Well, this is the Empire Strikes Back. No, I don't mean that in a negative way. I oh, mean okay. the sense of it. I don't mean. No, I understand. I understand how you got there with yeah. where Star Wars is these days. Like well, everyone's mean, connected, and it seems. Yeah, not arbitrary. not in that yeah. sort. More in the sense that, like, like I'm thinking about the original trilogy. It's mm. like they have now had the setup. This has sort of been Act Two is probably a, is season four, and mm-hmm. we'll get our Return of the Jedi next season. Um, they're trying to turn it into a more traditional um, hero's journey, I guess, for Eleven, mm-hmm. um, by connecting her so directly to the villain, um, by sort of finding about the origins and all that sort of stuff, and that's working fine for me, yeah. particularly because they're still executing on like the horror sci-fi fantasy elements so well. Um, yeah, like you said, it, it is very comic booky. Um, very you comic know, we, we have the one. Um mm-hmm. and that's okay as long as it's effective and right now it still is effective yeah. without it seeming silly or forced. Yeah. It lands I think where the show always succeeds is when it, it could be silly or forced. It's it's just smart enough and it's just got enough heart mm, yes. to to make to 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 reduce my cynicism to a level that doesn't overwhelm. Yeah, my the heart overwhelm is the story. 
is so important to that and that development of relationships because we've all seen the story about the one um, and the times that I have connected with it is because usually it's not because of the one, it's because of the people around them that support them and have their own challenges. I actually got, I do have to say, I think um, Millie Bobby Brown is really good this season. Mm -hmm. She has some, Great moments. Do they the make mo- her cry every scene? Yes, they do. They do, yes. <laughs> Poor thing. But, but like her telling Papa that he's the monster, I thought was an excellent, excellent performance from her. She she does a really good job of making herself seem consistent with the 11 we met in season one. Mm-hmm. Even the way she talks, she doesn't use like, um, what, what do they call it? With words that are like, she won't say don't, she'll say do not. Mm-hmm. Like, what do they call those? Anyway, you know what I mean. Um, contractions. She contractions, thank you very much. She talks in all those like full words still. And it's, it could seem silly, but I don't know. I think she pulls it off really, really well. The How did you feel about where they ended up with Eleven and Papa? That moment where he's dying on the ground. I mean, I, I get that because she isn't, a monster that sh- therefore she can't kill Papa. But fucking hell, I wish she'd killed Papa. Um, I wish she had like ripped out his spinal cord. You know, like I wanted, I just wanted him to be punished so profoundly for what he had done. It fell a little flat for me. It was a little anticlimactic because we'd spent so much time in that bunker with her being re-traumatized in a lot of ways, him seemingly learning nothing about his actions, his part in that was infuriating. And then for that last moment for him to be shot and then for her to say that, yeah, that's great. But I don't know. I wanted more. Well, wanted he, more he was it. at the very, very end. He's just saying, can you, I think he's asking her to say, it's been a couple of weeks since I finished watching it. Say I'm not a monster. Yeah. And she doesn't do it. Yeah. Now she doesn't say anything else. I think mm-hmm. she just says bye, Papa. And I, I, what I guess I think I'm on board with the show's doing because it's it must be a complicated relationship for her. Yeah, I, as I get fucked it. Fucked up was... as this guy is, <laughs> yeah. and he is a monster. Mm. On some level, she sort of he's sort of still her dad. I think even yeah. genetically, she might be he might be her dad. I think um, it's implied that he's actually her father, um, like yeah. her her biological father. I think, mm. and so it's a complicated relationship. She's not going to say she's not going to give him what he wants. Yeah. But she's also not going to spit in his face. Yeah, yeah, totally. And that's the thing is, like, in in all my frustrations, you know, I have to acknowledge the character of Eleven, who is um, not overly articulate or emotionally intelligent. She's been so stunted that her doing, like, a big speech and having that really, like, fuck you, how could you moment wouldn't ring true, wouldn't make any sense for the character. So I fully understand that and I don't necessarily disagree with the choices they've made. Just me as a viewer wanted some catharsis. You were unfulfilled, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you what that you didn't get that thing you really want to see happen yeah. because emotionally it would work for you. Yeah. Yeah. I totally I totally feel that as well. Um not saying it was a bad choice what they did. Mm. Totally understand how you felt a little bit like, oh, I really wish that yeah. thing happened. <laughs> yeah. Um did you think did you think anyone was going to die this season? I thought I knew Eddie was going to die. Eddie had to, right? He had to die. The, well, because that's the, the journey. He was the prime suspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, well, how are they going to prove that a demon did this? Yeah. You can't the, prove yeah. that he'll go to die. The moment he talks about like not being a hero, I'm like, well, clearly that's an indicator that he's going to die a hero's death. 
Um, that's a guarantee in a story. <laughs> I was like, okay, here we go. Um, so I knew he was going to die, but I, I enjoyed my time with him and I knew it was probably going to be really satisfying to watch. Um, heartbreaking, obviously, but satisfying from a story perspective. So I figured he was going to die. Um, I wish it I, I was genuinely so needless. It did feel like he mm. didn't. He'd probably done enough distracting bats at that stage. I'm not sure he needed to keep <laughs> distracting, distracting the bats. bats. <laughs> yeah. Which is what the killed him. The bats are distracted, bro. It's They're fine. pretty distracted. Yeah. Um, yes, but I think it was more not really about whether it was necessary for the survival of everyone else, but simply he needed to be proud of himself and feel like a hero, um, which was... I was like, I'm happy for you, but now you're dead. So I guess that's the end of your life. Um, uh, in terms of worrying about other people dying, I was worried Max was going to die. I was worried Lucas was going to die, that if somehow Max survived, that she'd wake up and see Lucas Jonathan, strangled. I mean, Jason kicked the shit oh out when of him. When he was strangling him and his little sister was on the other side of the door, I was like, I can't watch this. I can't watch this What's boy be strangled to death. Um, that was really full on. Um, but as for the others, I was never worried about Steve. I think if Steve's going to die, it's going to be in the final season because you uh, just can't kill him. Steve cause... was Steve. I was mm. almost like put in the put in the book. Steve's going to die at the end of this season. There was this one or next one. No, I thought it was this one. There was right. so many. You probably would have if they didn't put Eddie in there. Yeah, there was mm. so many conversations, and also because he's one. It's like one of those things where it's like emotionally, this is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Everyone will hate us if we do it, though. Yeah. But. There were so many conversations between him and Robin and particularly him and Nancy where I'm like, oh, this is set up for you to, you, you're going to die. Mm. Like It was like a nice little refresher in some ways when you see Nancy and Steve together of how far he's come. Um, and so when you reflect and, and on what, that, it makes you go, oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. He mm. Yeah. He's grown. He's better. Maybe there's still something there between him and Nancy. Maybe Nancy's thinking about that. Um, oh, he's off the table. That's really sad, but she can always go back to Jonathan. Um Robin's going to sort of outgrow her need for Steve even by the end of this season. Mm. Like, there was all these things that just made me... I felt so signposted. I was like, it's going to... He's dead this season. I was actually shocked he wasn't. So, it stands to reason it'll happen next season. (laughs) Um, Which is really unfortunate, but I I do think would be... Would would really work from an emotional point of view if Steve was one of those characters to die. Or I thought maybe if he didn't die, he was going to end up... Stuck in the upside down or something like that mm. at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, speaking of Steve and Nancy, mm-hmm. how did you feel about Nancy this season? Because historically, we haven't been fans of Nancy or Jonathan, neither as a pair nor mm. as individuals, I don't think. Yes. Um, so, I love that Nancy is a smart one, <laughs> that, that she has something to do, that she has a purpose within the group. Do I think she's got chemistry with the group? No, I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that can be jarring or just less interesting to watch. But I do love that she had purpose. Um, I don't think – I was really disappointed because when they start putting Robin and Nancy together, I'm like, cool. Love female friendship. Awesome. This is great. I don't think they had any chemistry, just in terms of like ha- oh, okay. ha- being fun to watch on screen. I-, I wasn't expecting or wanting any kind of romantic thing or whatever, um, but I just didn't buy that they were growing as friends. I saw it on screen. That's what they were yeah. showing me, but I didn't feel it. I actually wondered whether they were going to like 
romantically pair them up. Mm. Like Nancy's thinking about getting away from Jonathan. She's not, you know, there's obviously tension there. Robin is desperate for a fucking girlfriend. (laughs) Poor Robin. And it's like this opposites attract sort of situation where maybe over the course of the season, they'll start to realize, actually, maybe I actually kind of like you. Mm. And wouldn't that be funny that Steve is like, now Robin's cutting Steve's lunch. We were pretty funny. <laughs> I thought that might be where this yeah. is going. Um, yeah, I tell you what, I still don't give a shit about Nancy and jo- Jonathan. I don't think they're uh, ever going to make me care. Not at all. Like at the end all. of the season when they didn't break up, I'm like, really? This was your you guys opportunity. Sh- you guys should break up. This was your opportunity yeah. to break these guys up finally. Like, you guys aren't even in college yet. You're going to break up anyway. Just do it now. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I didn't give a shit about that, – that That was the funny thing. And I I guess it's, it's purposeful, but um, – on purpose is them or Jonathan being stressed out about telling Nancy that he's not going to college. I'm like, I do not give a fuck about this situation Uh. at all. Um, But yeah, it's always been an issue, but I think Nancy does better when she's not with Jonathan. Um, Jonathan is still floundering, doing absolutely nothing. They're like, oh, I guess we'll make him a stoner this season. But then we've got this other stoner who who is more entertaining anyway. So what are we doing? Um, What about Jason, the the jock who's like trying to figure out who Chrissy's murderer is and is after Eddie? Well, firstly, he's a piece of shit, obviously. Um, That's a big takeaway. I, the the mob justice thing was a nice um, bit of tension. Obviously, I was genuinely stressed for Eddie. Yeah. Um, when they're going around looking for him, it's, and Lucas. Yeah, with like Lucas. yes, yeah, with all this like bigger stuff going on and a terrifying demon thing breaking people's bones, to still be scared of this jock guy and his friends roaming around with baseball bats is. Well done, and I and I was scared for everyone that they were looking for. I uh, I agree with that for the most part. I thought I I did find the bit you know the town hall bit where the police like get everyone in. They're talking about like I was like why are we listening to this seventeen year old? That's what exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. I was like if yeah. he wasn't actually a thirty five year old man playing a seventeen year old, yeah. everyone would be like sit the fuck down, kid. Like yeah. not could not take this guy seriously mm. because he's a man. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Oh yeah. Okay. We'll listen to this guy. Yeah. I but if he was it, actually yeah. 17 years old. It no plays into that small town, you know, captain of the, was it basketball team or whatever. Yeah. Um, he's kind of that, that perfect hero um, that people are more inclined to care about. So from that perspective, I get it, but yeah, it did make me laugh in that town hall being like, yeah. I'm sorry. Who are you? Go home. Yeah. <laughs> There's curfew, kid. Didn't you just hear? Um, all right. We haven't really talked about... We haven't talked about the fact that Hopper is back. Like, once. We haven't even mentioned Hopper yet. He is back. Which, is you know, dead. we all picked. There was no yes. way that Hopper was going to be dead at the end of season three. We never saw him die. I will admit, I was off base about how he was going to survive. I what did you say again? Mike, I was convinced he ju- there was a giant gate to the upside down in that Russian base underneath... Star Mall, mm. I thought he jumped into the Upside Down. Yeah. No, he just sort of jumped off the edge. That was very silly. Didn't that was know that was an option. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that, that made me go, is... hmm, <laughs> yeah. not sure about that choice, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, it would have made more sense, I suppose, if he jumped through the Upside Down, found another portal that then led to that 
Russian place because I don't know they've got a bunch of monsters or whatever. But that that's okay. I'm gonna brush brush past that. Um, I I don't know. I have such a deep love for Hopper, and I was mm-hmm. I think I was anticipating. I wasn't necessarily like invested in the storyline of him um, in the jail. Then I was actually invested in um, the moment when he finally returns to Hawkins and totally. is with Al again. That's where yep. my investment was. And because of that, I was then invested in Murray and Joyce getting to Russia, freeing him, and then coming back. It's it's a brutal storyline for him. Like, Hopper is yeah. getting brutalized. Mm-hmm. I think... Um, I really, really liked the character of Hopper and like you, Mm -hmm. was anticipating him getting back to Hawkins. But unfortunately, that's ultimately what this storyline feels like. It's like, he he was gone at the end of last season. We can't get him back until the end of the season. Mm -hmm. Let's spend three or four hours doing a storyline about getting him back that cannot in any way intersect and be as far away from everything else as possible. Or they misjudged what they were going to do with him and then we're stuck having to deal with the fact he was on the other side of the fucking country, which meant that Joyce and Murray and Hopper were away from everybody else, and they were just sort of stuck dealing with that. I'm not sure which way it worked. I think if it was its own show, I would have liked it more. Mm-hmm. I don't dislike it necessarily. It just seemed so far away from everything else. And, like, I still also just don't really understand what the Russians are doing. Like, we were confused. Do you remember there was this green goo thing? last season that never got explained. Of course I don't remember that. I completely forgot about it. The show certainly seems to have completely forgotten about it. I only remember because I listened back to our season three review and was like, oh, that was a well, thing. What, that- can you refresh me on what the green, like nope. just in terms of the context of it? It was something that was in the Russian base underneath Starmore. I can't even remember what Do it was. Do we think the green goo is, is it, it the stuff that they keep the demigorgons, like the goo they keep them in? Could it be that? Maybe we into, we thought it was like demogorgon blood. It was like harvested from it. They were trying to create their own demogorgons, or maybe they were driving power from this stuff that was coming mm. from the monsters. Because mm-hmm. um, we don't really know what they were doing with the monsters otherwise, except t- feeding prisoners to them. Maybe it's still to come, but it does. I don't know. I just it didn't further apart from the Russians having monsters. Yeah, didn't really further. The storyline of the what the Russians are doing does that make sense? Yeah, like I maybe like- maybe if they just like there's this storyline that we're gonna they're gonna finish up next season, and this is sort of the direction it's going with the Russian side of things. That would have helped me to. It doesn't have to d- directly connect to Vecna. Just mm. explain to me why it's going to be important going forward, or is it not? Because the sense I got was Hopper's back in Hawkins. The Russians don't matter anymore. Yeah, that's the sense I got as well. Yeah. It'd be. Because the kids are so important to um, saving the world, it makes me go, well, they kind of talk a little bit about, I think Hopper maybe even says, um, or someone says, there are, there are bigger things that we need to worry about that the, you know, this Cold War bullshit or fighting one another doesn't matter. We need to work together to do something about it. But I just don't care about any kind of government intervention in terms of this story. Yeah. Like I, I want the kids to be the heroes and the only ones involved. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with it or if that is it. I really have no fucking idea. Did you enjoy when Joyce and Hopper re- reunited? Of course I did. It was beautiful. 
Um, they I just finally want, got their kiss. I just want Joyce to be happy. You know that. I mean, she's a hardworking single mom. She's been through so much. Uh, I still remember when her last boyfriend was killed by demi dogs or whatever, yep. and that was that broke my soul. Uh, I just wanted her to be happy and just hanging out at home with Hopper, Eleven, Will, and I don't know who cares about Jonathan. He can go to college. You, That's what I want for her. Do you like new skinny Hopper? Um, no, I, I prefer a more burly hopper. I like yeah, the lumberjack look I, on him. I miss the pink the pink uh, short sleeve shirt and the mm-hmm. mustache from yep. season three. That was, was peak Miami hopper Vice for me, hopper. I think. Yeah. Miami Vice hopper I still think is the is peak hopper. Skinny hopper, mm-hmm. I don't mind skinny hopper, but I don't I mean I'm sure he's not gonna hopper. be skinny hopper next season because he was being David starved Harbour's- to death. I don't think David Har- David Harbour. I think David Harbour is going to lean into that. He seems to be very. I've seen some interviews and stuff. He seems to be either very self conscious or likes making Winona Ryder think he's very self conscious about his weight. Because <laughs> she's cute. such a sweetheart, she's like, "Stop putting yourself down." It's, um, <laughs> yeah, it's a funny little uh, interaction I've got there. I do um, like watching interviews with them. Actually, I think Winona Ryder was talking about. This is totally off topic. Was talking about um, when she was younger. She always, her dream house was a movie theater with like no seats in it. Mm. just like a bed and then she would just ride like a push bike around while she watched <laughs> movies. And um, what's the guy who plays Hopper's name? Um, yep, him. We'll call him Hopper. <laughs> um, and he just turned her and David like, Harbour, David Harbour. Yeah, he's like, okay, Netflix, please buy Winona Ryder a movie <laughs> theater. I just put cameras up there because I would absolutely watch that show, as would I. That'd I be amazing. I can't see how... Tim Burton cast Winona Ryder in a movie. Um, how could that have possibly come about? Any last words? Final thoughts. That's why you always leave a note. Do you have any side notes to mask? Uh, I've just got one, actually. It's the sound of the clock chime yeah. is so chilling. It's yeah. amazing. The sound design on this show is just beautiful. Yeah, apparently the most expensive season of television ever made or something like that. Like, episodes mm. of this were twice as expensive as seasons of Game of Thrones, which pre-season I was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. What the fuck are they wasting their money on? And then the show comes out, and I'm like, you know what? I kind of see it. I think yeah. it was a little bit wasted. I think there was, like, again, the length of the season. You could trim it down. You could have saved yourself a bunch of money by not having it be so long. <laughs> but it it looks good, this show. Mm. It looks real good a lot of the time. Um, and so the money's on the screen. Uh, I only had a couple of side notes as well. Nitpick, but oh did God. Max did Max get knocked out in her own head? Do you know how like Vecna and Eleven are like fighting inside <laughs> Max's <laughs> brain <laughs> at the end of the season? <laughs> There's a bit when they're fighting and like Max is getting involved, so Vecna just locks knocks her out. I'm like. So, wait a second. This is existing inside her mind, like her memory, but you knocked her out in her own mind. I understand how this works. Um, also, I hate you, Brad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, are lesbians all the same in this universe? <laughs> <laughs> because I thought it was really weird that, like... The girl that Robin's into. I don't know what that casting was. One, <laughs> was, they didn't oh, have it's Molly, any. It's Molly Ringwald is what they're is, going for. It is. Um, they didn't have any chemistry at all. And oh, yes, they look, way, Robin 2.0. they look way too similar. I was like, <laughs> yes. come on. We the only start, we turn into each other once we start dating, not before. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. I thought that was really weird. <laughs> I was interested in your uh, thoughts on that. I also, I did mention how this show 
has become Star Wars. And I want to talk about how this season in particular was The Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. First of all, our heroes are split up, scattered across the galaxy, just like oh, yeah. in um, in Empire Strikes Back. Eleven left Dagobah to fight Darth Vecna before completing her training because her friends were in danger, mm-hmm. just like Luke did. Mm-hmm. Um, Max is Han Solo in this analogy. She's the one that's frozen in carbonite at the end of the season. She's in her coma and <laughs> mm-hmm. don't know how they're going to save her. Uh, it has a dark ending with the Empire winning um, more than the heroes did. Um, we even finish with like a shot from behind them as they look out over like a, a view before the credits roll. And um, I was thinking, and also just how involved we find out that Eleven is directly t- tied to the main villain as well. Like, mm-hmm. it's not quite her dad. She's got like two dads already, but like, Henry's like dad number three, and she's fighting her third dad. How many dads um, one, can one girl have? She's mm. got she's got at least three that I can say. Uh, what was your highlight and low light of the season, Damas? Um, highlight was pretty much everything with Max. Um, the investment level was so high that that last moment of episode four, as we've discussed, um, ad nauseum, uh, it has got to be my highlight. Completely. Do you want me to do low light or you want to sure, go high? Sure, go low light as well. Um, low light, Mike is the heart. And also just <laughs> Mike's acting is awful and distracting. It's really, really, really bad. This is always the risk when you cast kids, I guess. It's like mm-hmm. they can be adorable to begin with, but they're not guaranteed to grow up to become great actors. Yeah. It still surprises me that by the end of like the Harry Potter series, um, who's the guy that played Ron? He ended Rupert up like- Grant. Rupert Grint ended up being um, maybe the weakest of them by the end, I think. He was he was probably the best to begin with and then ended up kind of the weakest. I don't think he's bad, though. We've had this discussion no. before. I don't think he's a bad actor, though. No, I don't think he's a bad actor. But then, like, Emma Watson was terrible in the in the first couple of movies. I, I think by the Emma end, Watson one of the is... I don't think so. I think she's the weakest from start to finish. And Daniel Radcliffe was never good in any of them and then somehow <laughs> has had a great career afterwards. So nothing makes sense to yeah. me in that series. Um I'm going to say my low light was just the Russia storyline. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Yeah, I guess I just have to say that. I'll, I'll take it from the perspective of pacing. It's like mm-hmm. pacing was my big issue this season. It's like if you just scrub out the Russia stuff, which mm-hmm. is so disconnected, the season is one third less long and is more focused and better, I think. Um, my highlight is absolutely running up that hill. Yeah. That That five minute sequence is. A highlight of watching television, as far as I'm concerned. It is a moment mm-hmm. I will return to again and again. It is yep. a triumph of execution. And, um, yeah, I, I love it. And it's, it's, but what, if, when we get to the end of the, end of the year and we talk about like our highlights and lowlights of the season, of the year and stuff like that, this is almost sure to be number one, I think. Uh, predictions, hopes, concerns going into the final season of Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I feel like when we're talking about predictions, we have to talk about where we left Max, right? Mm -hmm. So obviously Eleven goes into her mind and there is nothing there, uh, which is concerning. And I don't know if that means that Vecna successfully, well, her body is there. Vecna successfully was able to take her mind. I don't know. So I feel like Max is going to be a big part of the final season, whether she's used as a vessel and becomes a villain or, in fact, um, is the hero of the piece. I'm not sure. 
but clearly that's going to be a big part of it, or I, I would assume oh, so. Damask, that's a good idea. The idea that, like, Vecna, like, possesses Max mm. and then, like, is using her body to, like... Because she's an empty vessel, yeah. And, like, the the it's a fight between Eleven and Max, who have sort of become pretty close friends, like two teenage girls fighting each mm. other with with ESP powers that actually yeah. kind of rocks. <laughs> I want that to happen now. It's a good idea. But that was mostly what I've been thinking on since, yeah, the finale was the situation with Max. Yeah. Yeah. You? Like you're trying to destroy Vecna, but also you want to save Max. Yeah. If she's savable. Oh, yes. I want that to happen. <laughs> okay, um, my prediction was that Max will wake up. It's like, there's no, it's like this idea is like, she's, we don't know if she'll ever wake up. Well, of, co- of course, one way or another, mm. she wakes up. Whether it's really her or not, great theory. But there's no way she you, she just stays in a coma for the rest of the series. No, it'd be then a weird choice. You would just kill her. There is no reason to keep her alive unless she's going to wake up. So, of course, she's going to wake up. Um, I still think Steve will die or at least appear to. That might be a fake out, but I think they're definitely going to lean into the idea that Steve comes to his demise in some heroic way mm-hmm. or tragic way. If yep. they really want to break our hearts, go full wash on us. Um, I think all of Hawkins will get involved in like the final battle, and there probably mm-hmm. will be some epic final battle of like, like the Buffy the graduation situation. Exactly like yeah. that. Exactly like that. I think that we know so many of the people in Hawkins now, um, the police officers, the parents, mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and. They've all somehow not found out about the monsters that are hiding in their town, but it's mm. going to come out. Yeah, I love now. that those like literal, there's literal cracks there now between that yes. and the parents kind of waking up to the strangeness um, that their kids are experiencing. I, I really love the parents of this show. You love the parents, as in how they're like you like them as characters, or how? They're- yeah, I like them as characters. Like whenever um, Nancy's mum pops up, um, I'm like, I fucking like you. She makes me laugh, as does that ridiculous dad who's such yeah. a fucking loser. The biggest victory of the, of the end of this show might be just her saying, I want a fucking divorce to yeah. her shit, uh, shithead of a dad yeah. uh, or husband. Um, do you think there's any... what? Okay, what's going to happen with Will? Do you have any thoughts about what they're going to do with Will? Because they've set up that he's in love with Mike. Yeah. Where is that going? I don't know. I'm not sure if it's going anywhere, to be honest with you. Um, it feels so on the edge of things. Um, and, yeah, oh, I don't know. He's such, like, a, a sweet little puppy dog-eyed um, cutie pie. Uh, I, I don't know what they're going to do with it. Are they going to do anything with it? I'm not sure. But it just seems way too complicated for him to be, like, in the 80s to be like, oh, hey, Mike, I'm in love with you. I'm now thinking they'll just do what they did with Robin and he'll meet another lanky kid with a bowl cart. And it's <laughs> like, oh my God, you're gay too. We're perfect Maybe, I mean, we need Will and Robin to have a conversation. Yes. Yeah. Actually, that'd be yeah. a good idea. Maybe Robin like, will like rec- immediately be like, oh, hey, friend. Hey. I, I see you. Yeah. yeah. I, I know. I've been you. 
Yeah. yeah, that's actually a good idea. They should totally do that. Uh, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Hunting Seasons. You can find more of what we do via our website, huntingseasonspodcast.com. Our logo comes from Sean Kirkpatrick, aka at Shawnee Boy Draws, and our theme song and bumpers from Lucas Heil of Birthday Loyalty Club. Find links to their work in our show notes. You can also find myself, Broderick Gordis, on Twitter at B Gordis. That's B G O R D E S. Damask, you're off Twitter. Twitter. Instagram, I'm off, but if you need to contact me, either tweet at Broad or send an email to the Hunting Seasons email. Next episode, we'll be back to discuss Hacks Season 2. Have you watched any of Hacks Season 2 yet? Yeah, I finished it. Oh, so I it came out. It. I was like, yes. Nice. And it was releasing like a couple episodes a week or something, wasn't it, as I well? I think so, yeah. yeah. I haven't watched any yet, but Steph has, and she said she really enjoyed the season. Looking mm. forward to talking about that. In the meantime, thank you again for listening. We will see you next time. Bye for now. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.